0: Welcome, 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 I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and if you're watching this, I appreciate it. If you're listening to it, I appreciate it. Please subscribe to wherever you consume this, and please share it. Uh, it would really mean a lot to me if you share it and subscribe, so appreciate it. Before we go, um, or move forward, I want to address, you know, David Stern. David Stern who was the former commissioner of the NBA, unfortunately passed away, I believe, last week uh, after complications of a brain hemorrhage, I believe. When we think of, when we look at basketball today, basketball would not be as popular and wouldn't be as global if it wasn't for David Stern. When we look at David Stern and his impact on the game of not even just basketball, but sports as a whole, when when, when you heard comments from a lot of the other commissioners in other sports they can they they referred to David Stern as the godfather of commissioners David Stern was arguably the best commissioner ever in any sport the way that he he loved the sport of basketball he he wanted the, he wanted basketball to be as big as possible and i believe he he and i believe he said it he wanted basketball to be as the big the largest sport like ever. Now, of course, it didn't surpass the NFL in the United States and, of course, soccer, but the NBA would not be as global or wouldn't be global if it wasn't for David Stern. Now, yes, you can talk about the, the Team USA and Jordan all them, but if you remember, it was David Stern's decision to bring NBA players to the USA circuit. So, Again I want to say uh, rest in peace to David Stern I pray for his family I pray that they are strong and for anybody that 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 asks how you know how big was David Stern's impact, just turn on the TV and you will see almost every day something about basketball and, and not not just here but globally David Stern is the reason why basketball is as big as it is today and as popular as it is today and if you ask a lot of if you ask pretty much all the other commissioners in the league or in, in all the sports, they will say that David Stern was hands down the best commissioner ever. So, again, rest in peace to David Stern before I start. So moving forward, NFL wild card came and went. And we, there was a lot to break down, and we're going to break it down. We'll start with the Patriots. For a while now I've been saying that the Patriots dynasty might be over. I remember I had an episode when I talked about the Patriots dynasty, the the Alabama dynasty, the Spurs dynasty and the Yankees dynasty. Dynasties don't some dynasties fall suddenly. Some dynasties fall over time and some dynasties fall without warning. When I and, and I I, I would say suddenly and without warning are different because suddenly you could kind of feel it, but it just happens without warning. I mean, that's without warning. <laughs> you can kind of feel it, but it just happens suddenly, even though you, 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 you kind of sense it, it you know, it, it, it happens. So the Patriots lost to the Titans. On Saturday, 20 to 13. When we look at this, the Patriots dynasty and compare that to the Golden State dynasty, the Patriots dynasty to me happened, it happened, as in it ending. When you look at the Golden State dynasty, that happens, that ended suddenly with Kevin Durant choosing to leave, Klay um, Thompson getting hurt, that, that happened, and losing the championship, that happened suddenly. Now, do I think that the Golden State, of course, when everyone gets healthy, And maybe made some trade moves. Do I think that they can still be viable? Of course. But when we talk about the Patriots, the Patriots didn't, their dynasty didn't end losing to the Titans. Their dynasty ended this entire season. And when I say that, when we saw the Patriots play, we saw what we didn't want to see. And that was Tom Brady looked old. While their defense looked incredible, it really only looked incredible against bad teams. When we talk about Bill Belichick's coaching while his coaching is still a one, they didn't have the the personnel, especially on the offensive side when we talk about wide receivers. We talk about tight ends. We talk about running backs. They didn't have that in support of Tom Brady. And when tom brady is is aging and and his velocity in his arm might be be decreasing. The last thing you want is a wide receiver that cannot create space or a running back that can't get yards. The Patriots so on Saturday, the Patriots and the Titans game went exactly how it should have went. It was close throughout. The Patriots couldn't stop Derrick Henry in the in the running game and on the last and on the last play, the last ditch effort to win the game and, and extend the Patriots dynasty. Tom Brady throws a pick six and, and so, and is it, you know, people's like, we could see this coming or we could see the dynasty ending, but I would, I would combat that to say, but they won the championship last year. Dynasties just don't end after a championship unless you're golden state and, and they lost that. So do i think that this is the end for tom brady no i think tom brady will still be court be a, the quarterback next year or a quarterback next year i do however think that this is the end of tom brady and the patriots first of all tom brady's already come out and say he's not taking a home a hometown discount which he's done pretty much his entire career to to hometown discount to bring uh you know, bring people on, bring Wes Welker, bring Danny Amendola, uh, help secure Gronk. He's done that his entire career. So when he says he's not taking a home a hometown discount, when he says that, uh, or when the Patriots say they hope to have him back, but they, they, you know, they pray to have him back, but they don't know the future. I think that the writing's on the wall. I think at Tom Brady's point, at Tom Brady's career trajectory he needs not only solid weapons around him but he needs an organization that that can 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 surround him with pieces and honestly the patriots don't seem like they can do that and i'm not taking away from how good the patriots have been i'm not taking away from the dynasty of course or the dynasty that was but the patriots if you look at the team now they have Sonny Michelle, they have James White, they have Nikhil Harry, they have uh, Julian Edelman, but Julian Edelman pretty much is on his last leg due to all the injuries that he's sustaining. I don't even know they're tied in. And Rex Burkhead, none of those, oh, and Mohamed Sanu, none of those pieces are are getting, are getting, get, turning, turning any anybody's, anybody's chambers as in, okay, we can get this going. Now... I think a little bit is, of course, a lot of his injury. A lot of it's A lot of them, you know, they're just not ready. But we also have to look at Tom Brady is, de- is, is aging. And Tom Brady, while the, the strength in his arm might not be all the way there, while the, his accuracy is still pretty good. But, again, I don't know how many times we've seen overthrows. I don't know how many times we've seen underthrows. I don't know how many times we've seen them, him throw, you know, behind a player. Tom Brady's getting old, and, and the Patriots, I, This to me, it's very hard for me to see the Patriots and Tom Brady coming back together just because of how they ended, and not just how they ended, but the stories that we hear with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. As we know, Bill Belichick wanted to get off Tom Brady two years ago and stay with Jimmy Garoppolo, but Kraft and Tom Brady pretty much made Bill Belichick trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers, I don't know, of course, nobody knows what the future holds, but I do not feel that the that the Patriots and Tom Brady are destined for each other. I think that next come next year, we will see Tom Brady playing for another team. What other team? I, you can look at the Chargers. The Chargers definitely are trying to get off of Phillip Rivers, and they have a lot of pieces when we talk about um, Keenan Allen. We talk about Melvin Gordon. They have a lot of pieces on the offensive side that can help Tom Brady. Uh, that's really the only team I see, honestly. I don't see any other team that not only would want Tom Brady at, the, at his age and what we've seen this last season, but have the, has the pieces to help Tom Brady su- succeed. Because at this point, you know, for the, for the longest it's been Tom Brady can, can take anybody to the playoffs, to the Super Bowl, he because he's that good, and, and he's been that good. But as we're starting to see now, that's not the case because the the piece that he's had, he as you see, they just lost to the Titans twenty to thirteen, and it was a pick six that pretty much ended it all. Again, I I, I don't think that this is it for Tom Brady. Hell, he even came out and said that retirement is pretty unlikely. But I do think that this is it for Tom Brady in a Patriots uniform. And talking about the Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans did exactly what I thought they would do. I thought that they would pound the ball with Derrick Henry, and I thought that Ryan Tannehill would would make big plays late, or or not big plays late, but make plays when he needed to. I believe that he only finished the game with like 92 passing yards, but Derrick Henry just like he he ran the hell out the ball. I think he finished with like 100 and 62, 182 yards or something like that. The Patriots couldn't stop the Titans running game and that's that's how the cookie crumbled. You know, I, I now I do not think that the that the I think that the Tennessee now has to play the Ravens. The Ravens strength is stopping the run. I do not think that Ryan Tannehill will be able to beat the Ravens. But I do think that it would be a better game than a lot of people are, are, are thinking it would be because both teams are ground and pound teams. Both teams are fast. Both teams are, are physical. And I think that the running game of the Titans against the running game of the Ravens, how special the running game is, is something, to, is something that we will definitely keep our eyes on. Again, I think that at the end of the day, Ryan Ten, Tanne- the Ravens will make Ryan Tannehill beat them, and I don't think that Ryan Tannehill, out even though he's been playing great the last month and a half of the season, I don't think that Ryan Tannehill will have what it takes to beat the Ravens. So I do have the Ravens winning next next uh, next round, but again, this is the end of the Patriots, I believe, and and shouts out to the Titans. And moving forward, we have or oh, moving forward. Next game, we have the Houston Texans beat the Buffalo Bills 22 to 19. I'm going to start with the Bills. The Bills to me look like a team that was young. They look like a team that's never been there, which they haven't. They look like a team that was not experienced. I say that to say you were up 20, I mean you were up 16 to 0. And then you started cracking at the seams. Yes, it was a little bit of Deshaun – it was a lot of Deshaun Watson. It was a lot of what the – what, you know, Houston's changing up things defensively. But it was a lot of what the – not even just the coaching staff of the Bills did, but what the players did. When you have Josh Allen lateral, doing the the craziest lateral I've ever seen in my life, and thank God it didn't get picked or anything, when you – when you're, a, when you're a wide receiver and the ball goes, hits right off your chest and falls in a big third, and I believe it was like third and seven, and the, the, the ball just hit the wide right receiver smooth in the chest. When you're going for it at fourth and 21, when, you're, when, when you know that the last thing that you can do is take a sack, and you take a sack, it's, the Bills just looked young. I think the Bills have a lot moving forward, you know, with Josh Allen, with Singleton, with Brown. They have a lot of positivity moving forward, and their defense is one of the top elite defenses in the league, at least this year. I just think that youth and inexperience hit them hard this game. Now, we can say Deshaun Watson hasn't won a playoff game yet, and Bill O'Brien isn't, hasn't, doesn't really have the best track record when it comes to coaching and everything in the playoffs, but what we did see from the Houston Texans is Deshaun Watson put the team on his back in the second half of the game. I don't know why, because this, 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 this happens a lot. This is starting to happen a lot. But the Texans continue to start slow. I don't, they, they continue to go into halves down 7, down 10, down 16. They, it's, from the last few games I've seen, the Texans have always had to come back at halftime. I don't know if that's – they're just not ready to play. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if they just haven't woken up. I don't know. But I knew I do know that the Texans have come flat this whole entire month. So when I saw – they looked – Deshaun Watson and the Texans, both offensively and defensively, looked horrible. They looked, like, they looked like the worst team in the playoffs this entire weekend that first half. Deshaun Watson, I think he finished with like maybe 30 – Or forty yards going into halftime, he couldn't get Deshaun. He couldn't get to D. D Hop. The running game was abysmal. Uh, Their their defense was their defense was getting carved up by Josh Allen. There was a lot of third third down third and longs that Josh Allen kept converting. the The Texans looked like they did not belong in the playoffs that first half. But I don't know what it was. But that second half. Deshaun Watson came alive. De- DeAndre Hopkins came alive and it was it was it was literally a tale of two halves. Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, for the for the longest this year he was in MVP talks and what he can do with his legs, what he can do uh what he can do with his arm, what he can do when there's you know, we talk about Russell Wilson not having a lot of pieces. But outside DeAndre Hopkins, let me not say, Deshaun Watson has pieces. His offensive line is horrible. His offense I mean, he gave, up. I think he got sacked, what, seven times this weekend? While he has pieces on the outside, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Fuller, uh, he does have a good tight end. It's hard to get to them when his his offensive line is giving up so many plays. Do I think that? You know, if it wasn't for like a, if it wasn't for how great Desha- uh, Russell, I mean, Lamar Jackson has been playing and if it wasn't for how good Russell Wilson has been playing, I believe that Deshaun Watson more than likely would finish maybe third or fourth in MVP vote. Deshaun Watson. You know, Dabble Sweeney said, came out and said a while ago that Deshaun Watson is the closest thing to Michael Jordan he's ever seen. And I'm starting to believe that now. Deshaun Watson, some of the plays he made on Saturday, only he could make. When he was, first of all, the touchdown run he did, when he had to run through, I believe, two or three defenders. We can talk about the time when he should have got sacked, but he spun around and got the big first down, because I believe if he would have got sacked right there, they probably would have lost the game. Deshaun Watson fits the bill, man. And and as the league is moving more towards a mobile quarterback, Deshaun Watson, while there are times, especially in first halves, where he looks confused and lost when he gets rushed and when he gets pressured. But there are also times, like as we've seen, when he almost got sacked but didn't, he becomes magical. He become he is one of the best, if not the best, emphasized no, because that's Russell Wilson. He is one of the best quarterbacks in pressure at times because not only is he fast, not only is he big, but he, he has the intangibles. He knows what to do when it needs to be done. And we saw again the he had to come the the Texans had to come back from sixteen down not only did they hold the Bills to three points the second half, but they scored 22 unanswered points, actually. It was 22 unanswered points, no, 19, it was 19 unanswered points. I, all right, so while I like the Texans when they come to play, and while I like, I love Deshaun Watson, I love the weapons that they have not only can you not start slow next round against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, but you need their defense can't give up big plays and Desha- and Patrick Mahomes is known for big plays the offense has to punish the defense who while the defense has always struggled going into the playoffs the defense has I, I think they're like number one in defense going into the or coming into the playoffs so. You're kind of catching the Chiefs at the, the Chiefs are are firing on all cylinders at this point. You're kind of catching them now. Yeah, they did have a, a bye week, so we'll see how that goes, as well as the Ravens. But you're kind of catching the Chiefs when they're fully rolling. They're fully healthy and and they're ready. They're they're ready to avenge what happened last year when D. Ford was offsides against the Patriots. I do not think that the, the 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 Houston Texans, as great as Deshaun Watson is, I don't think that they they have enough to beat the page. I mean the the Chiefs, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and because of that, I think we're we're we set up for a great showdown. But again, I don't I don't see I I don't see the Houston Texans beating. The uh, the the Chiefs, especially if they start slow, like they've been known to do this last few weeks. Moving over to the NFC, this God damn it, the Saints, man. This is the third year in a row the Saints have lost on a go ahead play. We remember the Case Keenum miracle passed to to Stephon Diggs. We remember the. Overtime game against the Rams last year and the non-pass uh, interference call that kind of forced him to go to overtime. And then, of course, uh, Kirk Cousins throws the ball. The Kirk Cousins and the Vikings throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph in overtime to win the game. While I do think that it was a pass interference that Kyle Rudolph did for the last play of the game, I can't say that the refs were the reason why the Saints lost this game. The Saints' offense was in was horrible the first half. Drew Brees looked terrible, while Calvin Alvin Kamara had one rushing touchdown. I think it was like maybe a five-yard rushing touchdown. He didn't do anything the first half. Michael Thomas didn't do anything the first half. They the offense looked horrible the first half and it took too long for them to get started it took too long for them to get rolling and at the at a point to me the biggest the biggest it was Tayson Hill was keeping them in the game the first half in fact he was keeping in the game majority of the majority of the game from the 50-yard pass to the you know, there was a couple of first downs that he got where he had to run, he had to use his legs, and he was running through people left and right. Taysen Hill is a commodity that the Saints have to thank their lucky stars that they have. If it wasn't for Tayson Hill, this game would have got ugly quick. And the Vikings did what they The Vikings capitalized on every moment that they had, which whether it was – You know, let me, when I say that the Vikings capitalized, when you, the Saints are, I have a high-powered offense. Like I said, you have Drew Brees, you have Alvin Kamara, you have uh, Watson, you have, no, it's Cook, it's Cook, it's it's Cook, it's Jared Cook, and you have um, Michael Thomas. When you have an explosive offense and you go into halftime, I believe holding them to, I think it was six points or seven points. I think it was, no, it was 10. You held them to 10 points. And Drew Brees isn't playing good. Alvin Kamara's not playing good. Michael Thomas isn't playing well. And the only person that's playing well is Taysom Hill. You are cap- And you go into, I believe it was 10-10 going into halftime. You pretty much have the Saints right when you want them. Now, the Saints did kind of come alive in the third quarter, but it, it was not, and see the thing, the reason why the Saints lost is they had costly turnovers. The Saints were one of the best teams in the regular season at not turning over the ball. This game, they had two costly turnovers. And the last one, which was Drew Brees getting hit in the hand while going down and having the ball come out in the fourth quarter, killed the Saints. The Saints were rolling at that point. The Saints were were getting into position to at least score a field goal. That play, and that play came after a huge run by Tyson, Tyson Hill. The Saints, to me, had all the momentum at that moment until Drew Brees fumbled the ball. You know, it... I, didn't, I When you lose three years in a row, the way that the Saints lose, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to be like, oh, well, they'll just be bad next year. Drew Brees is a year older. And it's hard to muster up the magic three years in a row. You remember the Bills. Remember, they went to the Super Bowl four years in a row and lost all four years. The Bills haven't been, except for this year, the Bills haven't really been good since. It's hard losing heartbreak fashion three years in a row. And I don't know if they'll be back. Do I I think they'll fall off a cliff? No. Drew Brees still looked pretty good this year. Michael Thomas is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Alvin Kamara, when he's on, he's one of the best running backs in the league but it's hard for me especially when teams are catching up like the 49ers like the 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 Green Bay Packers like the well, well I don't know like like the like the Seahawks it's it's hard for me to envision the Saints being back to where they were this year i had the Saints going all the way to the Super Bowl clearly that's not working Clearly, least that's not going to happen but when you lose heartbreak fashion three years in a row, you start to—I I believe doubt starts to creep in. Now, of course, they can be meant strong mentally, but you, you start doubting, okay, like at this point. When people are starting to say we might be cursed, that's, that's, a, that's a, huge, a huge problem. And shouts out to the Saints. They had an incredible season. Even after Drew Brees went down, I think Drew Brees going down for that I believe it was five weeks, I believe that helped them. That helped him be fresh coming into the playoffs because he didn't have a whole season on his arm. He had pretty much half a season. But one thing I can say about Drew Brees is I, I, as much as I like Drew Brees, in the last eight postseason games, he has ten interceptions. Drew Brees is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league until you get to the playoffs so a question really starts a question really needs to be asked well i'm not going to say drew Brees chokes because i don't think he's a choke artist or anything we do have to ask does drew Brees kind of tighten up when the moment gets big because again 10 interceptions in in his last eight postseason games is 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 bad that, yeah, that's that's bad so <sighs> the saints are not winning the super bowl this year They're not even making it to the Super Bowl this year, so shouts out to that. And for the Vikings, this to me was Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins had two defining moments. That pass to Adam Thielen, to me, was probably his best pass in his career. You dial it up, I believe it was second down, and he, the one time Marcus Latimore goes out the game due to an injury, that's when you throw the best pass of your life. Adam th- and I, th- I believe it got them to the one yard or no, the, like the four or five yard line. That pass was incredible. That, he threw it to where only Adam Thielen could catch it. And then, of course, the, the overtime pass to Kyle Rudolph. I'm not saying that. Well, I will say this. When you look at the roster, the Vikings, to me, have the best roster in the league. Top to bottom when we talk about offense and defense. It's just the quarterback. If, if Kirk Cousins plays like he did the second half this uh, last week that he if if Kirk Cousins plays like he did the second half of the Saints, if he does that against the 49ers, they have a great chance of winning. They have, and they didn't even really get Stefan Diggs involved until the second half you have Stefan Diggs, you have Adam Thielen, you have Kyle Rudolph, you have Delvin Cook who had, who who played incredible. And of course, you have the defense. I think that they will be they will they could cause fits for the 49ers. However, if you play like the Kirk Cousins that we know can can nut up when it comes to big primetime games, then you know, you're only as good as your quarterback, honestly. Your quarterback can... If you look at almost every quarterback in the league, in the in that's still playing, except for Tom Brady and um, Drew Brees, they are one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We talk about Lamar Jackson. We talk about Patrick Mahomes. We talk about Deshaun Watson. We talk about uh, Russell Wilson. We talk about Aaron Rodgers. We talk about Jimmy Garoppolo at times. Now we have to, if, if Kirk Cousins plays his best, the Vikings have a chance to beat the 49ers. If he does not play his best and plays like he did a lot of the first quarter of the Saints game, then this, the Vikings will probably get their head blown off. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how it's going to go, but we'll see. And the last wild card game that we had was the Seahawks and the Eagles. And the Eagles lost 17-9. to We have to first commend Carson Wentz for taking a team, a team that almost everybody on the Eagles' personnel was injured. Their top three wide receivers were injured. Their their starting running, I think, yeah, their starting run back was injured. Lane Johnson was injured, and a lot of their defense was injured. When you and, and this has been for about four to five weeks now. When you and not even that, this has been pretty much the entire season. So while a lot of people want to bash and kill Carson Wentz for losing in the playoff in the wild card or going toward going ha- having to play pretty four having to play pretty much four winner go home games in the in the end of the season. Especially after a lot of people thought that the the Eagles were going to be play uh, Super Bowl contenders, you know, we talk about Russell Wilson, and we'll, and we'll talk about them in a second. But Carson Wentz, what he did with the pieces that he had, you have to marvel at. Carson Wentz again had no. <laughs> he had no. His top three wide receivers were out. His his top. His top tight end and Zach Ertz was out. His 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 one of his best offensive linemen in Lane Johnson was out. And and defensively, a lot of their pieces were out. And you get them to the wild card, especially with the Cowboys playing how they played, and a lot of other teams. And you get them to the playoffs. That has to be commended. And the fact that. It took him going down. And and no, I don't think that the hit that the Davion Clowney, you know, the, the helmet to helmet, I don't think that that was dirty. I do think that he was – he didn't give himself up fast enough and Clowney just tried to make a play on the ball. I do think that it was a – I don't think it was a dirty hit. I do I do think it was a cheap shot, but I don't think it was a dirty hit. Um, they said he'll be okay. He, he – I don't know if they would have won the game if he would have played the entire game. I don't. I, I can't say he would have won, but what I will say is I do think that. I, in fact, I know he gives the Eagles a better shot at winning than Josh McCown, who at the beginning of the season was coaching his son's high school football team in North Carolina. So I do want to commend Carson Wentz for taking what he's done. What he Carson Wentz, while a lot of people has has bashed him and killed him for the Eagles play what he's taken and, and the piece that he's had to work with has been to me incredible most of his most of the play, team around him is injured yet he takes them to the playoffs and and only loses by 8 points and he didn't even play the whole freaking game so you know i, I do want to shout out I do want to shout out Carson Wentz for an incredible season that he had. And and I do think that the Eagles have a lot to be to be happy about seeing as though be a lot to be happy about with their quarterback seeing as though most of his pieces were injured or down and he still was able to take them to the playoffs. So, shout to them. And and, and that kind of goes the same. That kind of goes Hand in hand with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, and why I think Russell Wilson is one of, if not the best, quarterback in the league. Just like Carson Wentz, your top three running backs are out. You have to bring Marshawn Lynch off the off the off the street, as well as I totally forgot who the second person was, but you have to bring two wide receivers off. I mean, two tight ends. I mean, damn, two running backs off the street. Your wide receiver core consists of DK Metcalf, who's a rookie, Tyler Lockett, and I don't even know the rest. And you and your offensive line is still one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Your defensive, your defense isn't as strong as it's been. In fact, to me, I think the only, you, you lose, uh, what's the name, Kendricks? You lose with Michael Kendricks, I believe. And your best defensive players are Jadavion Clowney and Bobby Wagner. While they're great players, they're not the Legion of Boom. Bobby Wagner is not what he was during the Legion of Boom. Even though Bobby Wagner is still great. In fact, the only two Pro Bowlers on the Saints, I mean on the Seahawks, was Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. The fact that you took all of that. And now you're about to play in the divisional round of the playoffs to me is incredible. What the Seahawks like to do is they like to win ugly games. they like to win close scoring games. they like to win games where they have to they, they look they have to maybe win by a touchdown or, or, or or field goal. They like to, to, to ground and pound. They like to slug it out. They like to smash mouth football. And it's, car, it's kind of hard to do that when your running game is depleted. Yes, Marshawn Lynch is a fan favorite. But if you look at it, I believe they had 32 carries, oh no, 22 carries on Sunday. 22 carries. For 19 yards, as for for both running backs, not just Marshawn Lynch, both running backs. It's really Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson does not play well, they are not. They're not winning at all. And we've seen every game that he's played subpar; they've lost that game. He played incredible. He had he had a couple of incredible passes to DK Metcalf and. Of course, a couple of incredible timely runs. If if it wasn't for that, we we might be talking about Josh McCown could be the next uh, Nick Foles. I do I think that I think that it's funny. I think that next week's game with the Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers, I believe that that is closer than a lot of people think just because of Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had, I think he only had one game this year where he had four more touchdowns. Yes, you have Adam Jones or Aaron Jones, but we'll see how they do against the front line, against J- J- Davion Clowney, against Bobby Wagner. We w- we'll have to see. And... I think that, again, this game was a lot more closer than a lot of people think just because of Russell Wilson of how and how great he's played compared to how human Aaron Rodgers has played. Now, yes, I do think that Aaron Rodgers still can, can explode for four or five touchdowns. I don't think that's been needed, but I do think that he can do that. And that is the reason why I have Green Bay winning that one is because Aaron Rodgers is still a wild card, an incredible wild card at that, but still a wild card. And they have a little more pieces on the defensive side that can cause problems for not only the wide receivers of the Seahawks, but can kind of you know, you have the, the Smith brothers. You have, you have some of the core front line that can kind of, I'm not going to say contain Russell Wilson, but can kind of slow him down. So I, because of that, that's why I think that the Green Bay will win this game or win next week, even though in Russell Wilson and the Seahawks have had an incredible season. I didn't think that the Seahawks would be as good. I didn't, want, I didn't think the Seahawks – I thought they could make the playoffs, but I didn't think that they would be playing in the second week, and that's, that's just, that's just how, I, how I see it. Oh, that's how I saw it. So shouts out to them and uh, do your thing. I do think that – so next week I have – next week I have Green Bay winning. I have the 49ers winning. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, George, uh, Kittle, uh, I think they've just been – they've been a little better. And, of course, the defense is incredible with Nick Bosa, uh, DeForest Buckner. I think that they will call, will 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 bring a little more pressure – to kirk cousins than the saints did and because of that i think kirk cousins might not have the best game possible and he needs to have the best game to beat the 49ers so i have the 49ers i have green bay i have the chiefs and i have the ravens so there you have it um before moving forward we had a couple of coaching changes Uh, Let's start with the Redskins first. The Redskins hired Ron Rivera as their head coach and uh, Jack Del Rio as, I believe, their defensive defensive coordinator. Again, these are good hires if Dan Snyder allows... Oh, and they definitely did fire Bruce Allen, thank God. If Dan, Dan Snyder allows Ron Rivera to take control and do what he needs to do, if Ron Rivera has a say in the GM... If Ron Rivera has a say in the draft, if Ron Rivera has a say in the whole team, I think that this is a really good hire. I think he'll be great for uh, Dwayne Haskins. I think he'll be great for, for the defense with, with Jack Del Rio. I think that this is a really good hire if Dan Snyder allows Ron Rivera to do what he needs to do. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the Cowboys. The Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy... While I do I I I don't love the pickup or I don't love the coaching hire, I don't hate it. The reason why I don't hate it is because he's one he's a Super Bowl winning coach, to, and and he's played with a, a incredible quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, so he knows how to play with Aaron. He knows how to play with good talent. The thing that I, why I don't think it's a great hire and why I'm a little skeptical with that one. Is because one Ron Rivera, not Ron Rivera, uh, Mike McCarthy, is known to be a pass happy uh, coach. In fact, his last three years he was he was twenty ninth or no twenty eighth and below his last three years in in rushing with the with the Packers. Another thing that doesn't look good on his resume is when he leaves the Packers. The next year, the Packers go thirteen and three and i believe are second in their second in the uh second in the a- NFC and our pl- had a bye week. Aaron Rodgers looked Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones looked incredible. Matt LaFleur looked good as a first time coach or you know first time head coach for them. And they just looked better without Mark McCarthy. And going back to the rushing I don't know how he's going to do with Zeke, seeing as though Zeke isn't one of those players or one of those running backs that you can catch 15, 16 passes. You're, he's a bell cow. He's a bell cow running back. He needs as many touches as possible. And like I just said, Mike McCarthy isn't really known for rushing the ball. So that's why I do think that his experience as a head coach and, you know, his his grown upness, is good for the Cowboys but he will need to do a lot of changing as well as Jerry Jones needs to and and I I know Jerry Jones isn't going to do it because Jerry Jones hasn't done it hell he 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 hasn't done it ever I think Jerry Jones is going to need to to pull the reins back a little bit and let McCarthy just coach but again we haven't seen it and and I don't know if he's even capable of doing that but I, it's still the jury's still out i on on mike McCarthy I don't know i I do not know because he needs to change the the Jerry Jones needs to change, but at face value it's an okay pick okay pick up and lastly, the panthers hire matt rule from Baylor i don't i I kind of understand. What you're trying to do, Baylor? I mean, Matt Rule and Baylor, as we know, that's an offensive happy team. He's an offensive guru from a college offensive guru, from what we've been told. Um, a lot of people were thinking about even hiring Matt Rule. Now the onus is okay. So, are you going to start try to rebuild with Cam, or are you going to try to try to move forward with somebody else? that's what Matt Rule is going to have to decide. I think that with them hiring a college coach, I think the writing is on the wall for Cam Newton. I think that they're because they're trying to hire because they hired a college coach. They're really trying to start from the ground up. And because of that, I do think that they'll probably try to trade Cam Newton. Watch watch out for a trade towards the the draft. Um watch out for the Buccaneers, watch out for the for the Chargers. Watch out for the the Bears. I think that it's over for Cam Newton in, in Carolina. I don't think that he's a bad quarterback in any sense of the word, but I do think that they're trying to rebuild from the ground out, which is why they get a college coach instead of maybe a, a, a more experienced off, uh, NFL head coach. But... I do think that is a, a good pickup for the Panthers, especially with Kyle Allen. While Kyle Allen is not the future. I do think that they'll be able to pick up a quarterback with the draft. I think they draft maybe seventh or eighth, um, and I think that that will you know they'll they'll be able to vie for a quarterback there. Um, and speaking of draft. Go to so our next one is Tua Tagovailoa announces that he will enter the draft. Uh, a lot of people were wondering, you know, he, he said he'll make a big announcement. He announced it yesterday. A lot of people were speculating that he might come back. First of all, there's a, re- there's a lot of reasons why I don't think he should have came back or he, he was even thinking about coming back. I think that for – I'm not going to say he wasn't thinking because I don't know. This is what I'll say. You have a chance to – even though – you're probably not going to go number one. You're probably not going to go number two. You still have a chance to go top ten. You have a chance to go to a, a pretty good organization. You can go to a Chargers. You can go to a Panthers. You can go to an organization that is, that is pretty good. I know that you're still rehabbing, but it's different rehabbing for a professional team instead of rehabbing for a college team. Now, yes, I do know that some colleges are a little better organizational wise than some NFL teams but where you're getting drafted it's different when you're you're rehabbing or you're trying to help a player rehab that you invested a first round pick on instead of a player that you're pretty much rehabbing to get out the door you pretty much don't have a long-term goal for this player because he's not going to be here long term I get if you were trying to come back and trying to uh, maybe vie to be number 1 next year, but that's not happening cuz Trevor Lawrence I don't think I think that's pretty much wrapped up that Trevor Lawrence will more than likely be the number 1 overall pick next year. So, what is the benefit of you coming back to Alabama? You might not even play next year in Alabama. So, you're pretty much you pretty much would have stayed to rehab, which to me, you have a better chance of rehabbing with a professional organization that called that that has every hope in the world for you to get back, not even he- not only healthy but as quick as possible, and because they spent a first round pick on you, so I don't I don't know why he made a big thing. I I didn't I, there was no there was no inkling in me to think all right he might stay. I didn't think that at all, not one bit, because again why would you stay what what is the point of staying so again tua is going into the dra- or tua will be uh tua will be entering into the draft and i still think he'd be a top a top pick again watch out for the chargers especially if the chargers get someone like i don't know a chargers get someone like tom brady if they if if tom brady goes to the chargers even if Tom Brady doesn't go to the Chargers, if they if they keep Philip Rivers for one year and bring in Tua, that'll be a good person to play behind the first year. Watch out for the Panthers. You know, there's a couple teams uh, that need a quarterback and that will get a quarterback. So, again, shouts out to Tua. He's going. I don't I don't know why there was any any doubt as to. I don't know why people were saying he might not cut. Like, come on, bro. Come on. So, again, Tua enters the draft. Uh, Before we go, let's talk about a little bit NBA. The trade deadline is coming on, and we've heard teams like the Lakers and Kuzma. They're they're listening to to offers for Kuzma. Uh, Kevin Love, he needs to get out of (laughs) he needs to get out of Cleveland. There's a lot going on over there. He's had verbal disagreements with his GM, with his coach. Uh, we've seen he he look less than pleased with some of the play of his teammates on the on the floor. I think that the Pistons. Uh, we heard about Andre Drummond will will be a a name that they're trying to shop around. Watch out for the Pistons. Watch out for the Lakers. Watch out for the Heat. Um, watch out for Portland being a trade deadline buyers and sellers. I think Portland, I, I, do, I think they, they might not because I think they're waiting out for Nurkic or, you, yeah, use of Nurkic, but you don't know. I, I do think that they should wait out just to see what they have, but I do think they need to get off of Hassan Whiteside because that, that contract's not, not beneficial to them at all. So there's that. And then I do think – I don't think the Wizards will be because I don't think they can, but I think the Wizards – uh, want to be trade partners with somebody, um, but I don't know. We have about a month away, and we'll see how it goes. I do think Deion Waiters, they're trying to trade Deion Waiters, like as in the, the Heat. So we'll we'll see how it goes. And I definitely think they're trying to trade Andre Drummond because, as in the Pistons, try to trade Andre Drummond because we've seen this this week. A report came out that Blake Griffin is considering season-ending injury. Blake Griffin is injury prone. We know that. Blake Griffin, he hasn't been able to stay healthy for the last what, four or five years. And when he's been on the when he's been on the court, he's been one of the best power forwards in the league. But year after year, it's a knee injury or a shoulder injury or a foot injury or a back injury or a hand injury. He is starting to break down, and because of that. I know that you thought that you can go you can go a long way with a Blake Griffin Andre Drummond combination but now that you see that that might not be the case you're trying they're, they're trying everything in their power to get off of Andre Drummond the problem is Andre Drummond has a player option so wherever you trade him to while he could be a you think I don't think so but you a lot of people think he could be a marquee player and he has that player option he can only be there for maybe a year and and, and decline the player option and and move on so i think that they'll try to work something out there but the pistons is the pistons is a middle of the road team and that's not what you want to be in the eastern conference especially a weak eastern conference yeah they might make the playoffs but nobody thinks they can go far in the playoffs nobody thinks that they're good enough to even be viable for a second round so that's that's not what you want to be in league. You don't. You don't just want to be a middle of the pack team. And I think that they are going full speed with a full on rebuild, and you see that with the the season ending injury surgery for Blake Griffin, and they're trying to trade Andre Drummond. So we'll see how that goes. And lastly, before we go, we need to have a serious conversation about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has come out and said that you know he still has shoulder problems and he'll he'll, he'll re, you know think and consider if he needs shoulder surgery which would probably keep him out 3 months more than likely probably keep him out the whole season while a lot of people don't want to admit it to me Kyrie, Kyrie, right. for, Kyrie Irving is an incredible offensive player Kyrie Irving to me is one of the best finishers that we've ever had I think He's the best. He has the best leg of package in NBA history. He has one of the best handles in NBA history. Kyrie Irving is an offensive wizard. The problem with Kyrie though is he continues to get hurt. And if it wasn't for those few years with LeBron James, he wouldn't have a championship. And he would. If you if you don't remember, before LeBron James came to the Cleveland. A lot of people. Cleveland was trying to trade Kyrie. Kyrie was unhappy with the organization. The fans were unhappy with Kyrie, and Kyrie has been known to be a a a a burdened player, as in he has problems with organization. Sometimes he'll have mood swings, which everyone has mood swings, but sometimes he'll have mood swings, week long mood swings. Sometimes he'll he'll have a. Uh, he had problems with the fans. He 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 just sometimes he's a hard player to play with and hard player to coach. And we've seen everywhere he's went, everywhere he's gone from the Cleveland Cavaliers, from the Boston Celtics, and even now to at Brooklyn. He has kind of been hard to coach, kind of been hard to play with. Now there hasn't been a lot of reports that come out about Kyrie being you know a problem, but. We, we, we remember the reports about the whole team photo, how he didn't want to take, I think, his hoodie off or something. We, we heard about you know some of the cryptic things he's, he's put on Instagram and Twitter. While I'm not going to go as far to say that Kyrie Irving is overrated, I'm not going to say that because Kyrie Irving is a gifted player. And I'm not going to go as far to say that Kyrie Irving is a bust, but what I will say that we really have to sit back and reevaluate how we look at Kyrie Irving and how good Kyrie Irving really is. Is Kyrie Irving more of a more of a of a player that you can you can build a franchise around which we've seen that didn't work in Cleveland without LeBron James and that didn't work in Boston or is he a player that is is he a solid 2 or 3? And if he's a solid 2 or 3, we need to really we really need to look at Kyrie as that. Kyrie Kyrie Irving is not. As a lot of people, a lot of people love Kyrie Irving. Don't get me wrong. I like Kyrie Irving for what he is, but we really need to be serious about what he is. And Kyrie Irving, really to me, is only a, a a really really gifted offensive player, and that's about it. Kyrie Irving isn't isn't moving any needles for me. And Kyrie Irving to me is starting to become more of a burden with his injury history and with with the stuff you know off the court that he is a a a productive player again I'm I'm not taking away from Kyrie Irving is still a really good player Kyrie Irving is still one of the best players in the league especially offensively but we really need to look and we really need to reevaluate how we look at Kyrie's career especially without LeBron James because without LeBron James Kyrie Irving would just be another really gifted player that hasn't that didn't win anything and I think that's you know, with this shoulder, with this shoulder injury, I think that he's going to get the surgery, and I do think that um, he'll probably be out the entire season because they want to get, they want to bring him and Kevin Durant back at the same time, healthy, and see what they're going to do. But we really need to start. We really need to start and reevaluate how we really feel about Kyrie Irving and his career. Uh, this is yet another injury that Kyrie Irving. He's going to miss a lot of time for. This is yet another uh he's he, he's had another off the off the court incident, you know, with his personality that the team didn't like on another team. This happened with Cleveland, it's happened with Boston, and now this happened with Brooklyn. And we really need to, you know, how good really is Kyrie Irving? And that's that's to me what we really need to be honest with ourselves about. Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving good by himself, which we've already seen he is not, or is he? Can can he be that missing piece? At a, can he be a number two guy? We saw him be a number two guy with LeBron James, but LeBron James—I mean, it's LeBron James. We'll see how he is with Kevin Kyrie, Kevin Durant, but we'll see. And, and and more than likely, he'll be out this season, and we'll see how it goes next year. And there you have it. That has been yet another episode of Unpopular Podcast. Again, if you're listening, I do appreciate you listening. If you're watching, I appreciate you watching. I I, I love all you guys. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe, and please share the, this episode. Uh, you know, there's big. You know, there's 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 a lot that I'm I'm happy. You know, with the new year, there's a lot that I'm bringing on. Uh, I'm I'm getting new equipment. Um, I'm gonna change my space around just a little bit. And, and I'm going to try to provide better content for you guys. And that is coming in the next few weeks, so just stay tuned for that. And, again, I do appreciate all your love, all your support. Everyone that listens on any platform, I do appreciate it. Anyone that shares, I do appreciate it. Anyone that subscribes, I do appreciate it. Much love to you guys. And, again, this has been another episode. And until next time, much love.
1: Johnny and Giuliano. Nigga shit. other night at your crib it was like me black 40 ob we just sitting there talking about life play some beats but i forgot to tell you one thing niggas called me to set you up want me to come and wet you up cause you were out of town nigga like biggie heard about the shit with diddy so i came through to vest you up and I got a vest for 40, a vest for hush A vest for every nigga with an al on his chest And what? I got LA unified You better all committing suicide, teachers ain't testing us See, I know how I feel to be platinum plus Niggas is jealous of you, so they try to wrap you up, tax you up But it's over your blood money, nigga, catch these bullets like you catch the bus Dog fame is a motherfucker Do a nigga for a favors when you can't do the fifth How soon they forget Run up on you at your granny house, do you nine like fifth How a nigga supposed to love you, niggas? Heart beating fast when I dap and when I hug you niggas Drake told me not to trust you niggas Your energy off, you finicky, I rush you niggas Just walking around the crib like Why nigga can't live? Get this money, fuck these bitches though. Think about the beef like We can pass these motherfuckin' straps like a physical this my city, nigga, everybody know it Riding around town, just me and my four pounds Tucking my time for us hoping I ain't gotta show it L.A. niggas be the craziest These niggas do some shady shit Niggas will run up on your car Catch you off guard like the Lil Wayne and Baby shit 40, I'm fucked up
2: Y'all better not come to my studio with that fake shit Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me one. I would have all of your fans if I didn't go popping, I stayed on some conscious shit. I would have so many more friends if I lost my success and my confidence. I'm in the club every time that they play the competition. If they even play the competition, then I seen a the response they get. Yeah, nobody's even hearing it on top of the pyramid. Michael go to Jamaica, disappear again. My circle got so smart that it's superior. Saying to myself, y'all better not come to my studio with that fake shit. Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit. Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me. All I ever ask is keep it 8 more than 92 with me, 100. LA.
1: Figueroa, blowing, Kush clouds until his ghost is in my ghost, damn. Make a real nigga wanna give us like the God, like, here it go. Screaming frog name at the clouds, they don't hit me, though. Guess they too busy with Tupac and Biggie, though. You niggas don't feel me, though. That was on Shug's watch, I take Shug's watch. You dissing Drizzy, that's cool, but don't come to my city, though. Not even in Ace Town. So underground that I gotta be a trail nigga Strapped up from the waist down That's where the pimp C.J. Prince is My real nigga shit was so simple when Henchman was out He had a young nigga right there with meet, So happy when Blue Da Vinci got out We came up on these California streets L.A. niggas be the craziest These niggas do some shady shit Niggas will run up on your car Catch you off guard like the Lil Wayne and baby shit Got a nigga confused but why a nigga gotta
0: choose Don't even matter dawg cause I'ma always be a real nigga Always be a real
1: nigga. I never learned how to be nothing but a real nigga.
2: Y'all better not come to my studio with that fake shit. Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit. Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me. All I ever ask is keep it more than ninety-two with me, one
1: hundred. Yeah, one hundred.
2: All I ever asked is one
1: Yeah. One
2: All I ever asked is one